In today's episode of The STEM Space, I sit down with Christina Ohl, a middle school science teacher. She reached out to Vivify after trying our Mission to Mars project where her students worked together to plan out and design a colony on Mars. She loved the concept and how it allowed her class to tackle a big real-world challenge in a manageable way. So when she went to get her master's at Harvard and was assigned to recreate her favorite activity, she spun the Mars game into an eco-house STEM project focused on sustainable living here on Earth. She's been working on this project all semester, including testing it with fourth, sixth, and eighth graders, and we're finally excited to share it with all of you. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hi, Christina Ohl. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well, thanks. Well, Excited welcome. to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Welcome to the STEM Space Podcast. and. I have a lot I want to talk about with you in this product that you put together for us. But first, I just want to kind of give some background to all of our listeners in that you reach out to me. Uh, you're a middle school science teacher and you had tried out our Mars Colony planning game, which for anyone listening and hasn't tried it out, basically the students are tasked with designing a habitat on Mars and they have to find food and water and energy, but also like the mental health side. So the entertainment, where are they gonna sleep, the kitchen, and it's in this game where they have cards and all this. So you sent an email and you're like, hey, for a grad class, I am going to do kind of a twist on the Mars game and turn it into an eco house game. So that's where we connected. And before we kind of dive further, how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So as we've already said, my name is Christina Ohl. I'm a science teacher and my undergraduate degree is in environmental studies and biology. And so through my studies, I began to recognize the need for higher quality teaching materials for science education, especially in elementary school classrooms. And I also started to recognize the science, the potential that science has for exploratory learning. So learning by doing. And I've taught in many settings, including internationally and outdoor education. And most recently, I was teaching at a charter school in Colorado. But this year, I moved to Massachusetts to get my master's and to further pursue my interest in developing science curriculum. I love it. And tell me about this class that you reached out about. What were you guys studying? Yeah, so the class was about constructionist learning which essentially embodies the principles of learning through creating or project-based learning. And it was a very sort of independent class where we were learning about those principles, but then we had the, we were tasked with doing a project for the entire semester where we took where we learned and applied it to something. So that's where the Eco House project comes in. Yeah, that's so cool. And First, congratulations on finishing the program. I know you're graduating in a couple of days. Where are you going after you graduate? Yeah, so next year I'll be a middle school science teacher for grades six through eight, a private school that's in the Boston area. So I'm really excited. 
it's a little bit of what I've been doing before, but it's a little bit of something new. So I think there'll be a lot of opportunity for growth there. That's awesome. And now you can test out like all this new curriculum and ideas that you've learned, which is really cool. So let's kind of jump into this. So I'm going to let's talk first about this eco house. So we kind of teased it a little bit. I explained the Mars colony planning game. So what is this eco house version all about? Yeah, so the eco house project is essentially intended to help students take on the role of sustainable building engineers as they're going through the engineering design process. So the project is walking students through planning and designing an energy efficient, eco-friendly house in the U.S. city of their choice. And similar to the Mars Colony Challenge, they're working in teams to identify the problem, brainstorm solutions, design, receive feedback, and then redesign. And the project culminates with students building prototypes of an eco-friendly home and sharing those solutions with their classmates. What inspired this theme of eco-friendly houses? Yeah, I think part of what inspired it, as we said, was that I had already done the Mars challenge with students and it was very successful. And I was thinking about how in concept, the Mars colony challenge is not that different from building any other type of home. The difference really just being that you're trying to survive on a different planet. So it needs to be self-sustaining. But the interesting thing about sustainable homes is the concept is also kind of the same, that the idea is that you should not be using too much power, that you should have a, a self-sustaining home in in some way, trying to reduce your water use, you're trying to grow your own food. And so it's a similar concept, but I was really interested in bringing in this theme of um, climate and environment, which is often overlooked in schools. Yeah. And I think that it fits so perfectly with a science classroom and the standards you already have to cover. It's kind of harder, like with the Mars and we have a moon version. It's a little abstract to kind of think about like life on another planet and you have to think about the gravity and the atmosphere and all these different changes, but your version is like here where you live, right? How do we conserve water? How do we conserve power? It's not a challenge you're going to face only on Mars. Like we have the challenges here on earth. So that's why I like really like this concept. And so when you're creating this, tell me kind of like what you did to test it out. Did you try it out with students? Yeah. So um, there were a couple different things that were involved in creating the project. As we've already mentioned, the project was created during a semester-long course. So at first, the project went through many iterations that evolved over time, just with feedback from other students in the course and from my teaching assistant. And I was really focused on wanting to make the project, make it more easy for students to make personal connections to what they're learning by making it really authentic to the work of actual engineers and building designers. And so I also consulted with a sustainable building engineer who's a former researcher at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory. And that allowed me to verify that all the technology and the sustainable building solutions that I included in the project are actually accurate and that they reflect real world practices. And yeah, and then finally, I visited some classrooms um, to test out the project with students and teachers. So I visited a fourth grade classroom, a fifth grade classroom, and then also actually an eighth grade classroom. Wow. And um, it was interesting to observe how the project can be scaled up or down 
for students in fourth grade compared to eighth grade. And really some of the most valuable feedback I received was from the students themselves. And that helped me to improve the final product. What were the biggest differences you saw between, say, a fourth grader and an eighth grader? I think with fourth grade, there was just there wasn't a lot of experience with the topic at all. I mean, students didn't really have any idea of what sustainable meant or really how like energy. They, they, they hadn't really had even any science classes on energy before, but there was a lot of excitement about building their own home. And I think the the game, the planning game portion of the project made it possible for them to actually take on this project, even though there was not a lot of prior knowledge. And with eighth grade, there was a lot more prior knowledge, but the game also and just the whole project is designed to give students a lot of independence. And so I think that was a really big, exciting part for the eighth grade students was being able to apply it to something real and dive deeper into an interesting topic. The students that you tested it with, did they actually build models or was the focus on the planning game? So unfortunately, just because of like limits of time and everything, I really only was able to test out the planning game portion of the project with students, which is an important part of it. But it definitely would have been fun to test out the entire thing and see it from start to finish. But I also have been working part time this spring for a summer program called Explo. And I incorporated this entire project into one of their course offerings that they'll be having in the summer about sustainable engineering. So that was interesting, too, thinking about how it could be applied from start to finish into like a week long course. And yeah, yeah, thinking about other applications. Yeah. And what I really like about this format, because like you said, the fourth graders don't really have the background knowledge. And so you're asking them to think about how are you going to conserve water and power, right? You have all these different categories, but the game gives them cards. And so they get to look at the pros and cons of each of these different options. You have a budget in there. So they have to really think through, okay, is it worth it (laughs) to get maybe that better water system? And so you're feeding them the information that they need. Uh, But I know with the Mars game, the discussions were the best part for me of like the debates on, like I know for Mars, it was like, no, we have to live in the crater because we have protection from radiation. And someone's like, no, we have to live in the South Pole because there's water. So I'm curious, what were like the big debates on this project? Like, what do you think they were maybe struggling with the most or maybe some conflict around some of these options? Yeah, something I observed, especially with the younger kids, the fourth graders, was they took whatever information was on those cards as law. And so it was interesting because one of the first things they have to do as a group is choose a location. And each of the locations sort of list, you know, pros and cons. They list the climate and sort of a general estimate of how much sun and how much rain and what kind of natural disasters might be present in that area. And so many kids, I noticed, all wanted to choose Maryland because that was the one that didn't have wildfires or earthquakes or um, other kinds of what seemed like big natural disasters. Yeah, it was interesting too, like students that chose other areas, like there were students who chose Alaska that were having a lot of really interesting discussions about 
well, how are we going to heat our home? And should we get just a normal garden? Because then we can't grow for six months out of the year. Mm. And they were really taking the climate portion very seriously, which I thought was fun because I don't know if that's something they would have done on their own if they hadn't received that information. Yeah, I agree. And I actually, the the Mars game came from a need to help kids focus. And so when I originally did this project to design a habitat on Mars, it was very open-ended. It was like, pick a location on Mars, pick your water supply. Like, how are you going to get water? How are you going to get power? And then they would go in this whole rabbit hole of research. And it's overwhelming for me, like for NASA to like figure this stuff out, let alone a seventh grader trying to figure out what the heck hydroponics is compared to Mm -hmm. other you know, there's like crazy ideas once you start Googling. And so the idea of this game is like, no, here are just some options. But your eighth graders can then go do more research. And it sounds like maybe they didn't just take it for like, this is the law. This is the facts on this card. They could kind of go beyond that and mm-hmm. do research, especially later stages of this game. Yeah. And I think also as in sort of inferring, I think the eighth graders just had more knowledge. So if they're looking at the card, they can say, oh, you know, this is what the card says, but that's not everything there is to it. And, you know, I happen to know that that these solutions are possible or that, you know, Maryland isn't just like this utopia location. (laughs) Um, Yeah, when you say earthquakes, you're like once in 10 years, there might be an earthquake, you know? (laughs) Right, right. It's not like constant natural disasters. That's funny that they like took it so seriously. Okay, I wonder in your, like you're going off to teach, right? As a middle school teacher, mm-hmm. what is your time frame? Like if you, in your classroom, you're able to implement this lesson, how much time would you do from start to finish to like end with that like cool prototype of an eco house? I think it's really dependent on what I was hoping to do with it. And I think that's what's nice about the project is that it is really flexible. Like I said, I mean, there in some scenarios, I could see myself doing it just for a week and really sort of compressing it in. And in the summer programming scenario where we were designing it for a week, one of the ways that we actually saved on time for the students was that we explored this option of having prefabricated houses made from like a 3D printer type thing. And then the students are not worrying about like the structure of the house, but they're just worrying about like, what am I adding to it? So that's one scenario. But then on the other end of the spectrum, I could see this project being extended out over multiple weeks and really focusing on some of the other topics within the project, like the topic of renewable energy and the topic of, you know, climate resilience or thinking about natural disasters. So there are a lot of different applications, and I think it really depends on what other topics or standards you might be trying to focus on at the same time. Yeah, I could see a whole unit on like each of the topics where you play this whole game and then you're like, okay, let's do a deep dive into renewable energy or like geography, even like looking at the different locations and what's on the card. You can't possibly fit the whole picture of what it's like to live there. So yeah, that, that's a great idea. And it just kind of like, what are their learning goals for the teachers and how they want to use it? Or you could just play it in one day, right? And just like have the experience of, you know, thinking about this topic that often kids aren't given this choice, right? 
to mm-hmm. take ownership of like, well, what would I do? Instead of just like looking at a textbook, here's sources, you know, renewable energy sources. Now it's like, what would you do if you were someone who can make a decision about it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, I'm going to ask you a bigger picture now, a bigger picture question. STEM is in the name of Vivify, right? So we're like Vivify STEM. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that we have noticed is that this word STEM or STEAM has kind of changed and evolved over time. What does it mean to you when you hear STEM, STEM education? Sure. So obviously STEM the word, you know, the acronym stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, but beyond that, I think that STEM education for me really means interdisciplinary, hands-on learning. And often schools are teaching about science, technology, engineering, math in separate classes with separate teachers. And there's this focus on core concepts and skills. But STEM education is an acknowledgement that in the real world, these disciplines and the core competencies are intertwined. And so in STEM education, there's a focus on project-based learning and problem solving, and students are learning how to apply their knowledge from science, technology, engineering, math in a variety of settings. So that's what it means to me, but I know it means different things to a lot of different people. Yeah, I feel like everything you said sounds good to me. (laughs) Yeah, I think it gets complicated when we continue to add acronyms, add letters to the acronym. Because I I just heard a recent one, which was STREAM. So they added the A, which is very common for art, but then they added the R for reading. And so then I'm like, that's pretty much school, right? Yeah. All the different subjects. But the philosophy that you just said of this like interdisciplinary learning where you're not just a science teacher focused on only teaching science concepts. This project that we just talked about we have to bring in the technology aspects. Um, the math is in there with the budget and the planning. And there is no reason we need to be in silos in our schools. We can do it through this like really cool real world projects that are going to be complicated and they're going to need all these different aspects. And I think that just makes it more exciting for the kids. Definitely. Yeah. What are some other projects or activities you're excited to do as a teacher next year? So um, one of the things I'm working on right now with a coworker for my new position is planning this eighth grade science unit about energy. And even though the EcoHouse project addresses topics in energy, I'm really excited to develop a unit that's more focused on renewable energy, well, renewable energy technologies in particular. And the main activity of this unit is having students design their own blades for a wind turbine so that it maximizes energy output. And I think that the unit's also gonna present a really great opportunity to talk about changing one form of energy into another and energy storage. Because for higher level students, you know, eighth grade and above, one of the interesting things that I started thinking about when I was developing the EcoHouse project was this idea that, okay, if you're going to have a solar panel on your roof, how are you going to make sure that that light in your house turns on at night instead of just during the day. A lot of kids don't understand how that works. And I developed a model when I was making my project that I brought into classrooms and I showed them the little solar panel turning on the LED light. Um, and a really good question to ask then at that point is, well, how, how do I make it so that the light turns on even when the sun isn't shining? And then that's when you can get into a discussion about energy storage, which 
is a really important topic right now in addressing climate change. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think that's a limitation to the game is that a lot of the ideas are probably very abstract for the kids. And so bringing in a physical solar panel, like so they can see it and understand it is really cool. I have one final question for you. And I'm just curious. So we have teachers out there, you know, science teachers, STEM teachers that have not gone through a similar program, like a master's uh, program you went through. What are some like big takeaways? You're about to graduate, right? What are some kind of like, I'm leaving with these big ideas for my program? Um, wow, that's a big question. Yeah, I know. That was kind of a I, lot. <laughs> I think, I think a lot idea. of my, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of my takeaways are actually related to the things we've talked about, about this project. When I was creating the project, I was really focused on helping students make personal connections to what they're learning and see themselves as scientists, as engineers, because a lot of times when students are learning topics, like we've talked about, they're in siloed subjects and they're, they're not really able to connect what they're learning to real world applications. So that I think I've learned through my program is really, really important for students um, just to really ensure deeper learning so that they're not just memorizing things and taking a test. And as we've also mentioned, I think there is so much need for interdisciplinary learning in schools. Really, students are learning topics in separate classes, and then they're not really given the opportunity to learn how to recognize those underlining mechanisms and really just learn from the iterative process of creation and reflection. We've learned in my program just how important it is for students to learn by doing and to have the opportunity to create and be be able to reflect on what they've learned um, beyond just writing an essay or taking a test. And I think the EcoHouse project addresses that. It's addressing topics in a lot of disciplines, including you know financial budgeting, human impacts on the environment, and it's making it possible for students to understand how in the real world, all of these subjects are connected anyways. And so you don't need to just like memorize the core facts. You need to be able to apply it to a lot of different settings. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I just finished my master's degree in December. And so it was, as you were talking, I was thinking through how I would answer it. And I think you hit a lot of the same points of like, that was been my biggest takeaway is like traditional science education hasn't been working where we mm -hmm. just put them in front of worksheets, in front of a textbook, and expect them to just take in all the information that we're throwing at them. And then they can just walk off and know it. They have to actually apply it. And it's messy. That's probably the thing I've really learned is that education is extremely messy. And that's okay. And we're kind of the, the guides and the facilitators and, you know, helping kids go along, but every classroom is just going to look different. Yeah. Yeah, facilitators is a key word for me too. Like we're not directly pouring our knowledge into children's brains. We have to let them discover it and learn it from themselves. Um, and we're really just the facilitators in that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, thank you for sharing this project with us. I'm gonna link in the show notes, the blog post that we will be posting that you wrote that has photos of the project and links for the teachers to access the project. And I wish you the best of luck in your new teaching position and with the big graduation day coming up. And just thank you for joining us here on the STEM Space.
Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you.